You're listening to the Mind Takeaway podcast with your hosts Mira and Peter. In our quest to help create a world without inequality, poverty and war, we share insights gained through our work about leadership, psychology and creativity. You will also hear conversations with ordinary people who do extraordinary things due to their increased awareness, curiosity and intuition, plus their deep connection with others. Welcome to another micro episode of the Mind Takeaway podcast. I'm laughing because Mira's laughing at me. <laughs> the the trouble I've gone to to set the the microphone up that we usually use when we're out and about making these episodes. In fact, this is the first indoor episode of the micro episodes no yes since we started recording we've always you know was it cold hot doesn't matter we were always outside uh, recording these episodes but lately it's been really windy and this is the only problem that we have when, when it when it comes to recording outside so what did you want to talk about today well today it's about personality tests it's about what are they maybe useful for and what are they absolutely not useful for? And uh, there's been a little research that we gathered for you and we hope that um, this is going to be interesting and useful uh, for everyone, not just leaders and companies that are uh, using personality tests, but also uh, the people that are, so so to say, be, being tested. So, yeah, I- I'll read some data, some facts, some information that we sourced from various articles. This one was from a recent article in The Guardian. And what it said is um, personality tests, they become dangerous tools, the dark side of personality tests. In fact, this article was linking to a recent HBO documentary that we've seen called Persona. And we'd highly recommend you watch that. So since the 1960s, apparently more than 50 million people have taken the test and personality testing is a $2 billion industry and it's actually growing around 50%, sorry, 15% per year. Today, more than 2 million take the MBTI test every year, including 60 to 70% of American prospective workers. So that's a lot, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what we've gathered is that I know that from the leaders that we support in our work and from some of our colleagues when we speak to them and actually in both of our careers that I don't think anyone really uses them for dark purposes or at least not first and foremost. But what we find is people people say to us, oh, but, you know, it's a bit of harmless fun. It's a jumping off point for me as a manager to get to know my new team. But what we push back on that in a loving way is just to say that we see personality tests from the information and the research that we've been doing and also from our actual lived experience of doing many of these tests when we've been trained as leaders and when we've worked for organizations ourselves in management roles is that whenever I did them for example I'll just talk about me first whenever I did Myers-Briggs or any of the other ones or DISC or whatever it was or strengths finders or finding out what animal it was was I an eagle it was a bit of fun but it It soon went from being a bit of fun to quite serious when some of the leadership team would use that as a jumping off point to put people in boxes and people would quickly label me as, 
or PT or this or that. And that really annoyed me and upset me. But also every time I did it, this is the curious thing. Every time I've done the same test, whether it's been in a different company or in the same role, you know, maybe two years later or sometimes a decade later, it was completely different. And every time I've done it, they've come out with completely different results. And I thought, you know, am I broken? Is there something wrong with me? But the more I looked at this, the more curious I got, the more I asked other people about their opinion, the more that we learned that actually personality tests are not based on psychology or science. They're no better than a horoscope. And the disturbing thing that we learned is that in the West, we have, you know, all of these opinions about what the world of work should or shouldn't be or what human beings should or shouldn't be and the diversity and how many differences there are. But we didn't really take into account, I'm saying about Westerners right now, about all of the other rich melting pots of the rest of the world. So what we've learned, especially from watching the recent HBO documentary, is that they're not really built for non-Westerners. So, you know, there's structural racism built into it and... You know, it really amplifies our blind spots and biases. Yeah, yeah, and and I really so so that we wouldn't repeat again what it says over there. And um, he said actually, uh, the test was actually built by uh, only questioning uh, middle-aged white men, and 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 that's that's in, at the core of it. So um, yeah, but I, I just want to say, why is it? Why are we so drawn to stuff like that? Like, why are we drawn to horoscopes? Why are we drawn to things that are telling us that are telling us something about ourselves? Well, you know, one one of the biggest questions in a humanity uh, is who am I? You know, and then if something comes up that somebody says is is true about you you know and and then we feel kind of safe a little bit and then we go oh you know now now i know why i feel like this one well i know why i sometimes feel nervous then why i know why why i sometimes feel or do certain things but that's not true it's uh, um, we, we cannot find out who we are based on a single test. The other thing that these tests are not, um, because we are constantly changing. And and so we go to a second thing that is, we are constantly changing. And doing a test to tell you who you are is just impossible because we are changing all the time. You know, we are constantly learning new things. We are changing the way we feel in in different situations, you know, something that used to be really comfort, comfortable for us becomes uncomfortable. Something that used to be uncomfortable becomes comfortable. So, you know, people can, in certain situations, be extroverted, in other situations, introverted. So it, it you know, doing tests to show you who you are is, is just a, creating a blind spot. The, the other thing is... Um, why I think this is dangerous uh, is because it creates a certain opinion about the person, creates a bias. So even though we say, oh, you know, we are just doing this for a little bit of fun, some people say it, it's not fun. It stays. The message stays. Uh, and, and the reason why is because our brain likes to create shortcuts to things, like to, likes to... Um, save energy. So if I have heard, for example, that Peter is something, I cannot just delete it 
deleted from my uh, uh, memory, from my subconscious uh, uh, memory that will use that information in making decisions, even though I don't, I don't want it to happen consciously. And I said, you know, this is just for a little bit of fun. It will create uh, a message, a signal, a memory, or whatever you want to call it, that will uh, that will affect my decision makers pro- making process in the future. And because our minds are prediction machines, and and we will not see what really is there, we will not see that person for who they really are in that moment, we will see our projection of what we believe to be true that is created by not really who that person is by the test that they have taken and test test that cannot be a representation of that person. It can be only a mirror of whatever happened in that very moment sometime in the past. And and I know that companies uh, are searching for tools to help them create shortcuts, to be more efficient, to be able to screen as many people as possible. HR is using these tools. But um, I think we are going into really, really dangerous territory over there. And uh, this is something that we would really like to kind of highlight in this conversation. It's that it's not as uh, insignificant and it's not as useful uh, and it can be actually more damaging than we think. Yeah, as Mira said, there is no real shortcuts, sadly, because... What happens when you take these shortcuts, it actually detracts from us learning about each other, learning about your colleague, learning about your peers, learning about your team. And actually, I've seen leaders use these to pass people over for work, promotions, opportunities. Uh, As Mira said, you know, I heard a person mentioned, oh, you're this, so you fit into this particular box. You're too introverted to be promoted as a leader which is completely ridiculous. In fact, some of the best leaders we know are very quiet, very reflectful people. And they might say one thing in a two-hour meeting and completely have the right kind of impact you would expect from a world-class leader. Yeah. Yeah, and and this is really interesting, yes. There's this idea of a leader, somebody who is loud, somebody who is shouting orders and always know what to do. But actually, real leaders are totally opposite from it. And just another thing that stood out to me, I'm reading about the Myers-Briggs test, for example. So again, this was pulled from the research that, so it has no grounding in psychology. So Jung's theories weren't drawn from controlled experimental data either. And, you know, it's interesting to look at this stuff in the history of psychology, but some of it's on shaky ground. So its results are poorly correlated with job performance, for example, and embedded with it are false and dangerous ideas about race, gender, and class that drives biases and discrimination. So here's the problem with it. I know humans love to build clever tools, as Mira said, and it's great to latch on to these things in companies. But even at the very end of it, if, you, if you're using it just for a bit of fun, The caveat to that is that you've got to be really careful with it. And what we would strongly recommend is 
do your own research, you know, watch the recent documentaries on uh, personality tests and just look at the history of them and you can see that the damage can be done straight out the gate. Yeah. So using them even for a bit of fun, you've just got to bear in mind that they're no better than horoscopes you read in the, you know, the daily newspaper. And, and, actually, and actually, another good uh, uh, useful um, read for you would be a book called Seven and a Half Lessons About the Brain uh, by Lisa Fieldman Barrett. And, uh, and she talks about, and she actually mentioned, this is, uh, this is where, it, where it comes from. She, she actually says that, in her opinion, as, as a neuroscientist, uh, personality tests are no better than horoscope. And then she also explains why she says that. So that, that's a useful read. But there is also another thing that, that comes to mind. And, um, you know, humans are not very good in dealing with uncertainty. And we need to be really I mean, we are, we are always in uncertainty, but our brains like like to know what's going to, to happen because for some reason, this is how we feel safe. I think this is what we've learned as a society. It's not in... It is in the same in every culture, some, and some people are really comfortable in uncertainty. But for majority of the people, that's something that, you know, I know who you are, therefore it makes me feel safe. But the moment you think you know something about somebody, you stop listening. Yeah, you close your eyes and ears and your senses to inviting new information. And crucially... All great leaders, as far as we're concerned, need to be comfortable being wrong. And it's happened to me in my career and I've been proved wrong and it's been an amazing gift, really. It's it's always uncomfortable when you get something wrong in, in the world of work and in leadership. However, you are then gifted with new information because someone will correct you or you're corrected because you find the information yourself. So what's the solution? You know, what's what would you put in place instead of personality tests? Well, team building exercises, taking time out, giving your team and your colleagues and peers and any anyone in the company that you want to cultivate and develop a relationship, <laughs> the gift of time. Just put some time aside and listen and understand and get to know people on a granular level. This will carry you forward much more than any personality test that currently exists. And, and actually save you much more time in, in the longer run because you can obtain so much more information about somebody that is more truthful. You create relationship with that person that, you know, you can later on reach and ask questions and, uh, and you make much better decisions for the future of your company and that person in particular. So, And crucially, you won't discriminate or marginalize or upset people because you have put them, you know, even innocently into some pigeonhole or box or you've classified this human being that, let's be honest, like we said before, humans are so diverse. We are such a diverse species that it's just not possible to categorize us by using such a test. And it's sad to hear that quite often they're used, as Mira pointed to earlier in the conversation, in recruitment. And this is really a red flag for me because you're missing out on the rich melting pot of other uh, high talent individuals that, you know, have a rich experience of life. 
But sadly, these tests are not capable of capturing any of that. So just something to think about. And so I think we are, we've shared, I think, enough information with you. But if you're interested to know more, please feel free to reach out and we can send you more links and, and research that we have that you can then deepen yourself. Yeah. And, you know, with, with all of these topics, just stay curious, you know, always ask yourself this question, is that really true? Because it's really good to be skeptical. You know, we're not saying to you, you should do this or you should do that. It's just something, again, it's listening to understanding, going out there and testing it for yourself and finding out, you know, the information. So again, once more, thank you for listening. And uh, we are looking forward to hearing back from you. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. You made it to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. Are you looking for one-to-one coaching? Do you want to develop your leadership skills? Would you like to improve your team's performance? Drop us an email at info at themindtakeaway.com. We would love to hear from you.